2: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Deputy Editor Sherlin Lowe.
3: I'm senior editor Devintra Hardwar.
2: And this week we are going to talk about all the news that came out from MWC twenty twenty two, which happened this week in Barcelona. Uh, as well world as some Congress. Other news. mobile world. Oh my Congress, gosh. Right? What is mobile MWC? World I don't know. I mean, yes, I, I. that was my mistake. I assume that people here know what MWC stands for. But yes, Mobile World Congress, did they, did they conquer some mobiles? I don't know. Anyway, don't know. Uh, <laughs> we will go over some of the news. Suffice to say, it was not so mobile this year. Uh, not so mobile, my friends. But there's also some other news that we're going to dive into. I'm sure plenty of people have seen that Apple uh, launched some invites for an upcoming Apple event. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, as always, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. Send us your email uh, thoughts to podcast.engadget.com. And we also do a live stream of the recording of this podcast on Thursday mornings at about 10 a.m. Eastern on the Engadget YouTube channel. Uh, We can chat with you directly there, answer your questions from the chat. So it's a fun time. Come join us. Before we move on, though, a quick celebratory note. Engadget is turning 18 this week, hooray! Ooh.
3: As of today, it's kind actually. of legal
2: as of today. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, in Singapore, that means Engadget can already drink. But I guess <laughs> not in America.
3: Not in America. It means where uh, you could be you're an adult. You can go to war. You cannot have alcohol. It's Very yeah, weird. It's, but also, like, can like, you get married? Uh, I mean, sure. Yeah. At 16 with parental approval. Yeah. You could you could do a lot of things, but apparently you can't drink in America. Hey, uh, Engadget has grown up. That's something. It's a monumental day.
2: Yes. So we just, you know, quickly thank you all for for just being here with us for this and being here with us for so long. But moving on now to MWC Mobile World Congress 2022 and joining us to break some of this down is UK Bureau Chief Matt Smith. Hey, Matt, how are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm doing good. How are you both doing? PG. Happy birthday.
2: Happy, <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> to us all. To us all. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, no, so MWC this year. I I don't know how you two felt about it, but I felt a little bit strange covering it. What well, with you know a war going on, uh, I, you know, somewhere on Monday I think this week, uh, the the organizers of MWC announced that they would be banning Russian companies from joining or participating in the show. Matt, do you feel like this? was like a monumental thing or was something that mwc just kind of had to do
1: yeah i feel like it's a it seemed a bit more like a a thing it had to do for image and standing and also remember this is a smaller mwc than previous years Mm -hmm. um you know they're still battling pandemics and attendance and a lot of larger companies have a figured out they can do this on their own a lot of them and b you know it's kind of self, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy when not enough companies attend and not enough media or analysts attend, therefore not enough companies attend. Right. So it's on that spiral at the moment. So I think anything they can do like this to kind of follow the tack of, of the wider Western world and kind of agree that maybe they should sanction Russian companies in in this way it makes sense I think just on that that kind of lightweight grounds I mean it's not I wonder where they draw the line with these like we've seen a lot of things um, and we might get into it later but um, there's uh, negotiations on like Russia's kind of approach to space and there's been negotiations with a UK company that's part owned by by Russia and you know where do you draw that dotted line could that kind of company you know attend MWC is that allowed what's that percentage you know and it gets it gets a bit mired if you get a little bit too deep into it yes Um, but yeah it's it's not MWC though, isn't it? It was a lot more like LWC.
2: LWC, Laptop World Congress. Is that what you meant yeah. by L?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh brother, this guy stinks.
2: Um. Yeah. No. I think that I a I wasn't looking forward to anything from like a Russia specific company anyway. So that's not a huge deal this to me. True. What is? This is true. Yeah. What I usually look forward to at MWC is, I mean, tapas and hamon,
1: cafe but, con leche, every, hamon,
2: Cortados. <laughs> yeah. I love. Anyway, um uh, mm. <laughs> we do just enjoy miss being seeing. there.
3: You know, we yeah.
2: Do is barcelona we will be there again one day i'm sure um but no the the companies that i look forward to among the big names are like samsung sony huawei i mean usually this is the one show that huawei gets to like have a big splashy thing and have people pay attention because it's not a u.s centric show which is nice for them um but yeah no huawei i think is one of the bigger shows at the at mwc this year right like bigger companies there matt you saw some of their stuff in person
1: yeah, so Huawei did like a, a remote briefing. Uh, they offered up uh, the MateBook E, which is, we'll get onto that, but that's not the kind of splashiest of the <laughs> devices, or at least the, not exactly the most interesting of the ones they revealed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Huawei's MWC had no phones, So they kind of announced the devices that were coming to China, and without the Google and the whole, you know, no Google stuff on, Android, on Huawei devices, they're kind of stuck at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot more laptops and hybrids and anything that was kind of more portable, like this e-ink tablet that we'll get to. It runs their proprietary Harmony OS, which is an Android fork, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, the too-long-didn't-read of it all is it won't have all the apps that you need on a mobile device.
2: Okay. I mean, I saw, I read your article about this and I, at first I was like, like the headline had me thinking this is like a dual screen device where right, one screen's an right. ink and one screen's like a real oh, ink. Right, yeah. But, but I, I understand what you're saying. Like it's basically an e ink screen with sort of like tablet OS under it rather than an e-reader OS under it. Um, And some of the stuff that Huawei has done here looks to be, like, adding software that allows you to split screen so you can take notes while you're reading an article. Yeah,
1: like voice notes. and you can annotate those voice notes. Um, Like a a surprisingly sensitive stylus interface. I mean, it's not you know it's not i wrote this in the wrote this in the article it's not exactly galaxy no galaxy yeah. s22 ultra levels of responsivity, but 26 uh, ms on a e-ink display is very impressive and huawei you know their technical skill is really impressive it's just you know the politics and the drama of it all just kind of st- trip them up from achieving
3: matt have you ever used the remarkable tablet like that uh the writing
1: that's tablet? the one i was yes. trying to yes, i was trying to find the backlink for and i just couldn't find it anywhere i think velasco might have deleted the story or something <laughs> no we like. the is there yeah but i i have for the
3: longest time just been like eyeing the remarkable two yeah and uh, which is you know it's a handwriting uh e-ink display tablet but it's also like four hundred dollars and it requires a monthly fee to keep like the cloud service going and i'm like i don't i'm not going to do that but i think Ew. this this field is really interesting because yeah. i miss uh handwriting you know
2: there's also this this mention of like a texturized display a pmma i believe display mat. Did this feel like any different yeah. uh, during your time with it? Well,
1: unfortunately, the only one I got offered to touch and I didn't even touch was the MateBook E. So I haven't oh. seen this in person or managed to like lovingly stroke the papery surface. <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 sure it's quite similar to those other paper. I know the TCL tablet had one, the colored eating one one, yeah. a kind of more papery surface. And there have yeah. been a few phones that have come with it here and there. But yeah, um, like... The specs and like the tricks are all quite impressive. And yeah, this fits this weird, like the remarkable, it fits this weird space where it's like study tool, but also e-reader. But it's also way bigger than any Kindle you've mm-hmm. ever seen. And yeah, it just, could you imagine having one of these like in uni or like when studying for exams and stuff? It I'm feels so, like it would be I'm so jealous
3: of kids. Totally perfect. I'm so jealous of all like college kids so and <laughs> high school kids now because it's like, Period. I had to, I, I built uh, a desktop. Before my freshman year of college, and I lugged it there, and I lugged a 20 inch CRT there. And uh, now you guys oh. have everything now. It's at the touch of your finger. I, yeah.
2: I was like horrified until I realized you probably went to college a little bit earlier than a I did. A little bit. So. A little bit. Just a tad. Just so a I was tad. like, okay, okay. 2001. I had laptops
3: that were <laughs> like 2001, before laptops got really cool, I think like the MacBook. The MacBook Pro, the titanium MacBook Pro had just come out. So like that was the coolest laptop you could get or a Sony bio. But anyway, Very this nice. is cool. I did it.
2: This, Yeah, the Maypad paper is supposed to come out for around 499 euros, I believe, in, in Europe. Uh, I don't remember exactly when, but, you know, it's not cheap. It's not like a dirt cheap thing.
1: Which is what you'd expect, I think, given the specifications of the thing and the size. You know, E-Ink isn't cheap when it gets to bigger proportions like that. Um, yeah. yeah, like that was the most interesting Huawei device for me. Uh, alongside that came more laptops and more traditional laptops and PCs. So uh, they've updated their uh, MateBook X Pro. This is their, you know, their slim uh, MacBook, equivalent, yeah. MacBook, MacBook equivalent, MacBook Air equivalent device. Yeah, yeah. And yeah yeah well totally yeah. you know completely true although having said that it often comes with a lot more ports which more ports, to do. Uh, thinner um, bezels i do like the bezels on this guy oh yeah. yeah so pretty that's the thing so yeah like despite having the same chassis as like the last couple of years models it's got a bigger screen um it has a more sensible camera at the top of the bezel as far as i can remember mm. which means it's not doing that peekaboo creepy oh, yeah. keyboard uh camera which was cool until you used it and you realized you look like a monster
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it's, I yeah, you've
1: been a fan you've been a fan of these Matebook X-Pros, exactly. haven't you? Exactly.
2: I've I mean, I like the MateBook X series. They have Matebook E's, which are like detachable Windows tablet things, and Matebook like the X series is the much more high-end, much more Apple like laptop. And this was before I had a lot of experience with Apple laptops. So my first impression of the original Matebook X was just Brett, I was just like, oh,
3: what a nice design! I wonder, wonder what inspired this. (laughs) Amazing!
2: Why does it look so familiar? So restrained. Uh, Good, yeah.
1: So streamlined.
2: (laughs) But, but one more port. Um, But (laughs) I, I will say, it's been a while since I've seen one in person, and there have been a lot of laptop makers since then that have adopted similar thin and light designs. So I don't think Huawei is super unique here, right?
1: No, no. Yeah, that's the thing. So there isn't that much unique stuff here, really. Um, They've managed to cram six speakers inside it just because they could. Um, There's uh, more airways and stuff. And they they teased the idea that this... And they couldn't really quite explain it in a way that I could kind of synthesize into this story. But there's like a CPU boost built in. And the idea is it can um, reach 30 watts TDP. And they couldn't quite really... It wasn't as if the charger was different, although the charger is tiny and looks like a phone charger. There's a lot of things that are just kind of minor refinements and stuff like that, just all in a row. And, you know, that's it's all good news. Um, it's just, I just wonder if that's enough to convince people, if they haven't already used the Huawei laptop, that this is the machine for them. That's also... That's... I still think they have, like, you know an issue of image that they really need to deal with. I
3: mean, yeah, in the US we can't get any Huawei products, so uh, oh well. Uh but that that boost, that power boost is not just unique to them. Like I believe like um any laptop wearing the new Intel chips, like they are playing a lot more around power curves now, so yeah, uh even even like 15 watt
1: chips can like push a little harder if they need to. Oh wow. That's good. I mean, on on the power thing, that might be the kind of sleeper hit feature here is the power is all the power management so the charger can do 90 watts supercharge. so you could get three hours of charge for just a 15 minute plug-in which sounds amazing and the charger it just fits in your hand it's like you like those Android chargers you get they're just a chunk of white with the prongs at the end just one of those but for your laptop Um, like incredibly slim and yeah full of all that power and then the other side of that is those USB-C ports can also fast charge uh, compatible uh, devices like smartphones and stuff so you'd get uh, up to 50 watts of charge through, you know, the side of your laptop. And I think that that's great. I'd love I'd love to have that on my Mac and you know, like any other machine that had USB-C.
2: You know why that's especially nice? It's because all these phone companies aren't giving power bricks in their boxes anymore. So if you have a laptop that would do fast charging out of its ports, you didn't re- uh, you could charge. I mean, no one really wants to devote a USB <laughs> like port on their laptop to charging their phones. But if you have to, there is a fa- fast charge option there. That's nice.
3: That's the thing. Um. Yeah, I wish we could get some of these. Like, I want a hybrid ink tablet, but we've got so many other devices, guys. Like, what? Is, yes. W- what? What we else? We have.
2: Well, let me. Let me. Let me yeah. quickly. So. I will say it's not out of the question for us to kind of check out the MatePad paper. I think it's an interesting enough product that we might want to like see it. We, we might not tell you to buy it, but we might want to play with it ourselves. Um, the other thing is uh, Huawei, not to, not to uh, repeat what you might be saying coming up, Matt, but Huawei also announced a whole ton of other things, apparently, a, a MateStation all in one PC, a PixLab, like laser printer, some like new earbuds, uh, sorry, a new speaker, I believe, and, and, and yeah, all new kinds of speaker.
1: stuff. speaker, a new bunch of kind of like uh, low-end laptop stuff that are still Makebooks, but just less sexy. Um, I mean, the Makebook E is interesting, but it's like the Matebook E's we've seen before. And, that you know, this whole hybrid kind of concept, uh, hybrid PC. But again, the hardware just sounds impressive. It's slim, slender, looks cool. Um, and this one, this particular one will be compatible with two different types of uh, keyboard which is kind of unusual. So uh, not only we have the kind of folio style flat packy one that you get with most hybrids, but they're also gonna be announcing this uh, Glide keyboard, which isn't in any of the press releases, but it was in my briefing. And the idea is you'd be able to position it on your hand. I don't know, like a pizza or something, I have no idea. And you'd be able to like, just do this, like hold it on one hand and type with one hand and the Glide keyboard itself while being lightweight has an extra USB port in it. So I like this idea of having like diverging keyboards with different functions of it. But yeah, it's a bit of a mystery as to what packaging, how they will wrap either or of those keyboards. With the device, I know that it will go on sale with the slim Folio typical keyboard. But yeah, I want to hear more about these these more exotic keyboard layouts.
2: Well, Huawei wasn't able to launch phones, or at least it didn't launch phones this show, but there were other companies that did. I think one of the earliest companies to have their news announced at MWC was Oppo, wasn't it, Matt? I remember like you were...
1: Yeah, so Oppo (laughs) was the one I actually... Yeah, the one I actually got to see. Um, So yeah, Oppo kind of revealed their device a little bit before the show even kicked off. A few days before, in fact. And they revealed the Find X5 family. And I focused on the Find X5 Pro, which is, you know, the top-end flagship device and yeah, it's another, if you've seen Oppo's Find X3 last year, they skipped four because Chinese company, bad luck. Um, mm-hmm. Sherlyn could do a deep dive later on that. Could. Um, but yeah, it's it looks a similar It's a similar looking device um, and it looks cool. Like it's this glossy, I wish I had, I should have brought it with me. I've just been so ill-prepared. It's a <laughs> glossy device with a kind of, it's just got a very unusual curvature to the camera module at the back. And so they've now... They've kind of made the ed- the bottom edge of the camera unit diagonal. So it kind of fits in your hand a little bit better. And it just looks a little bit different. Like all phones now look like Samsung's, look like pluses look like, apart iPhones. from the Pixel, that's kind of an outlier. But they, yeah. you know, they all have this squarish camera unit, left aligned, top yeah. right, you know, top left corner. And mm-hmm. so just to have something that looks a little bit different with this kind of shiny, reflective, ceramic finish, um, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's a very good looking phone, which is nice. And then specifications are kind of much of a muchness for a flagship. You've got the Snapdragon uh, 8 Gen 1, you've got a WQHD Plus screen, um, but that can go to 1,300 nits of brightness, which is kind of bonkers. That could just, I could use that as a light. Too, too for, much, uh, too much videos. for a phone. You don't need that. Yeah, almost. give me like, a
2: Or in like specific, like only in outdoor environments. I'm because- sure when you go. Right.
1: I imagine it's for HDR. I'm sure it's oh. for like localized brighting. Normally that's not the case is when it kind of goes to the max. But I doubt like, unless you were using one of the, you know, you can get those apps for your phones that can make them act like a lighting rig. Um, you could probably do that. But yeah, um, it's a nice, big, huge flagship phone. Um, the cameras, for all the specifications, two 50 megapixel sensors, um, five axis uh, optical image stabilization on one of them, a telephoto lens, like, Lots of like glamorous specifications, but I wasn't all that impressed. Um, they gave me one to try out, so I've been playing with it and filming and taking photos. And despite a new collaboration with Hasselblad, it's I was a bit underwhelmed, to be honest. Um, and I do wonder what the issue is here when, when you have such incredible specifications on a phone. How is the company not delivering a kind of similar experience to, say, Samsung, with sometimes even better specifications hardware-wise?
2: It's, it's strange to me. A lot of these phones, they, they on paper sound so great. And then when you're actually using them, something just holds them back. My suspicion is something on the software side, but I don't know enough to, to say for sure.
1: I also wonder if it's the case of having like almost early sample software before these devices are hitting the stores and normal people. I mean, I should, I definitely should circle back to it because it's it's another impressive phone. Oppo has been doing good phones for the last couple of years. Um, but the curse for Engadget is it's another device that doesn't usually break cover in the US and this one doesn't sound any different.
2: Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, for,
1: you, for you guys, I know I know Sherlin now dabbles in both Android and uh iphones but what do you think this is a good looking phone i've fought with other people about
2: it. a, i think this, this is, is a don't. attractive phone
3: <laughs> the back is it's it's, it's is weird. this is a weird looking phone like that that camera uh bank is too it looks like somebody like took a bite out of that phone <laughs> it, lo- it looks broken bank. it looks broken in the back like bent so i don't know
2: yeah, it does look a little I like, like
1: it. You're It's wrong. it's sort
2: of trying to merge into the back uh of the phone, but it doesn't do that great a job. It's it's I don't even know how to explain it right now. It's like a scar. I don't know. Like uh, a scar. Like you
1: took, not a, not you took a you took a hammer to the also. phone and it, it's just like a squish part of the phone. Us, yeah. Uh it's so weird to see my hands on video of me <laughs> with just shorter hair and less beard or more beard. I can't quite tell.
2: You know, I'm sure you'll have more time to spend with this phone to see if you, it's something that really rivals a Samsung or...
1: Yeah, if there's any questions, anyone watching the feed, any questions they'd like me to answer, let me know, and I'll try and research it and test it out for you. Uh, but yeah, uh, importantly, it was a phone at MWC, um, <laughs> and I kind of put this in my write-up, like it was kind of Oppo's opportunity to kind of blow up the show early and just be one of the only phones yeah. to arrive, which what is a kind feel. of cool for Oppo, and they could do with all the headlines they could get. Yeah, Yeah, but not many. I mean, we can grow on to the other one. Um, Yes. So we've already talked about Huawei. And once upon a a time, Huawei had a subsidiary called Honor, which also made smartphones often a little bit lower priced and a little bit lower spec, but still quite close to Huawei's own flagships. Now, Honor has kind of been spun out as, as a company in its own right. And so Honor is now able to kind of dabble with Google and Android and have all the goodies we'd really like to see in a Huawei phone, but won't see. So it's kind of... A convenient middle ground for people interested in Huawei phones because Honor often has the same technology just with all the Google goodness you want.
2: It does. So I... The reason I uh, uh, met am like a super up to speed on all of this stuff. Not that I've been paying too much attention, otherwise, <laughs> is that I, I did uh, I have a wrap up video coming, and I had to do a bunch of research as to like what was announced. So yeah. I'm up to speed. The Magic Four and Four Pro are positioned like uh, Dan Cooper, uh, who who's played with them, uh, wrote in his article. They're positioned as Galaxy S22 rivals. The the specs are fairly high yeah, end. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure uh, about that. We're not sure either.
2: Honor Honor's history is more of like a more affordable. Aff- budget-friendly range and a
1: 51 yeah. galaxy a 51 level but
2: maybe. i will say when you mentioned uh matt that you want to you want to you like the departure from camera modules on the back being like rectangles or squares to the top top left of the rear right this one has definitely like a different look right the magic Four I series doesn't
1: doesn't it look a doesn't that camera unit look a bit like you know Doctor Strange's it's, eye of Agamotto? It's, it's or some, a bit, some, yeah. It
3: reminds me of, uh, of the Lumia phones actually. like yes. back
1: in the day, like very like that yeah. Nokia
3: kind of rounded back and everything. Hey, I mean, it's we have bad cameras right now. I think we are in a rough spot for camera aesthetics and the way it looks in phones. So this is, I'm not going to yeah. complain about this. Everything looks bad, you know.
2: But but the the hardware <laughs> itself too, right? Like this is there's a pair of 50 yeah. megapixel sensors here, I believe. That's cool. Uh, as, I'm sorry. Nope. That might be the the poke the Oppo. No, you're X5. right. They
1: both they have a similar thing. They no, all are right. similarly spec. Sensors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so yeah, um, triple is a triple camera system, from what I can tell, uh, with a TDOF like a, a sensor uh, for, for I guess portraiture and stuff like that. But for some reason, it just looks op. Like the camera module just looks like it's much more impressive than the hardware really right. is. It's Actu- not even actuality. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so don't be don't be too taken by that. But but then the honor magic series in the past, right? The Magic Three last year was Honor's kind of like one of its first phones after leaving Huawei. Um, Stepping
1: out of the shadow. Yeah. yeah. The, it was their breakthrough phone. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And they were like, okay, we're global rollout. It's happening. We're gonna break through, you know, come outside of China. And it never left China. It just never made it outside of China. So while Honor does say the Magic Four also has like you know, is slated for a global rollout. We can't be too sure. Like, yes, they've had some time since the Magic Three, since leaving Huawei in 2020, to be like, okay, we figure out global supply now. But we just we we can't be too sure, right? The company hasn't given us, us any reason to be confident about this. So, um, but that the, these were two more phones that were unveiled at MWC. Um, there was another one, the Poco, but. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you were done talking about the <laughs> honors. <laughs> it's
1: just I mean, yeah, so before before anyone gets to the wrong end of the stick, and Shirley mentioned this, uh, the reason I don't know anything about it is because oh, I didn't <laughs> report on the phone. That's
2: yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't say you didn't know <laughs> anything. Shirley
1: kind it. of buried me there.
2: Whoa, I didn't mean to say uh, that.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Dan, well, let me Dan help you out. Let me help
1: one. you out over here. You're, no, you're I'm drowning, like,
3: you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I meant more like the reason I even know anything about those other things trying, Huawei right? announced, like the laser printer, for some reason, yeah. was that like I spent all of last night at midnight just scrolling through NWC <laughs> press releases just to make sure we didn't yeah. like forget anything, <laughs> which no um, one wants
1: to do. But yeah, the, exactly. Poco was the other phone for sure. Yes. Yeah, um, I mean Poco again, kind of it's it kind of nestles in a similar quagmire of Honor and Oppo and Huawei and even a little bit of OnePlus in these companies that often, you know, yeah, Xiaomi, totally. Um, You know, again, incredible spec sheets and often just incredible value-for-money devices. Um, Again, but a bit of a box of mysteries sometimes. You can never quite tell. You have to kind of scrutinize each phone as it lands to see whether it's worth recommending, worth testing, um, but again, this one on paper sounded incredible. Do you remember the spec sheets, Sterling? given that you so well studied on everything? <laughs> I
2: sure do. This is a... Well, there I don't we know go. all you of the specs, but this one is had, yeah. <laughs> it's a 108 megapixel no, camera that. on board. Uh, it's also, uh, what, like, Poco's, Poco's phones, by the way. So Xiaomi... Poco was a former subbrand of Xiaomi, and Poco broke away from Xiaomi about I want to say last year. I saw a tweet and everything, um, and and since stepping out of the shadows or or of that partnership, Pocos went from like again another budget friendly brand to a more like we want to be high end. We're like pro models so the pro 5g has a 108 megapixel camera which by the way rivals the likes of the s22 ultra the s22 ultra has a 108 megapixel camera um the rest of the s22 series i believe doesn't and i mean okay cool good for you poco but hardware i mean isn't you're, the only you're thing. trying to
3: be a flagship phone with that design
1: like, I don't...
2: I, I was going to say... It's interesting.
1: It's very interesting. Well, I also was going to comment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <on laughs> looks the like we listening. all have For not. people just listening... Yeah. So for people just listening, I'm sure we'll all have our own takes on this, <laughs> but for people just listening without seeing the phone on the screen, uh-huh. it looks... Because you only see the back, it looks almost like a Walkman or a kind of yeah. audio player. It looks like... Or it uh-huh. looks like... A folio case on a smartphone. (laughs) Yes, so I just a little bit pops through. mm -hmm.
2: I think it looks like a a credit card slapped onto the back of a a phone. That's that's what I think it looks like. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or
3: when you like, you would play around with like spotlight effects in photo editing. It's like, I can make a light; I can make it look like the sun is over here shining down on so, something, and uh, <laughs> it looks fake. Yeah. It looks bad. So, so, okay.
2: so we'll describe it for the audio <laughs> listener here. Okay, this is the back of the phone. This is a phone that's like the rounded rectangular silhouette, and it looks mostly flat on all sides except for on the back. The top, I want to say quarter to a third of it is is like devoted to this. Again, what looks to be credit card sized, if not credit card shaped, rectangle, and
1: like shiny, like a credit card. That's, yeah,
2: yeah, that's shiny. And then the top half of this little credit card thing has the Poco logo on the top right, and next to the, that, there's like a main camera thing. And then below it, there's. I mean, what you looks say to next
1: to it, there's a whole load of space there's as well. The weird thing is, it just stretches across I the whole. Don't, I don't width understand. Width of the phone doesn't it? Do you need to it?
3: advertise to the fact you have phones. a. Do you have to advertise? You have a Poco phone. Like you really need <laughs> a big brand name.
2: Oh,
1: oh, did you notice? Oh yes, it's, a, it's Poco. a Poco.
2: Yes, in case you didn't know, it's a Poco. But no, but also, yeah, to the left of the Poco logo, all the way on the other side of the phone, there there is like a one big camera sensor on the top, and then three little camera, <laughs> three things little the cameras bottom below it, and a flash. This so looks like, horrific. Uh,
1: this looks awful. It's
2: what? weird. It's kind of strange. You yet
1: you were complaining about the
3: Oppo. I mean, I'll take the Oppo over this any day.
2: I this know. is a well, crime
3: against design. Yeah.
2: This one I can pretend <laughs> like I my left my credit card got stuck to the back of my phone. I almost feel like I don't know. I they're all not great looking. Um but I guess they're trying to deviate from that norm, right? Of the top left camera bank yeah. thing now. So. The the hmm. dome
3: of good design. Yeah, they're trying to deviate from good design apparently.
2: Um, no,
1: I don't think I wouldn't say it was your design.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Moving away from these cameras and this, the, the, this phone's uh, awful design, we, the up front we've got a six point six of an inch uh, full HD plus display with a one hundred and twenty hertz refresh rate, and I guess like Snapdragon six ninety five five G chip, which isn't the most high end, obviously, but it's also surprisingly down the like line of snapdragon options you could have gone with guys you
3: you you're not you're not convincing me that this mobile world congress was any (laughs) any good with these phones (laughs) what
1: no we we, well we said from the outset it wasn't really a phone show um but on that point like the rumors suggest although hopoko hasn't like announced at a price like Mm. uh, dan discovered like it was somehow cashed on amazon france and they were listing it for around four hundred dollars so yeah yeah you you're gonna get that guy to Snapdragon for four hundred dollars. You're not for gonna sure. be getting the Snapdragon eight, are you?
2: For sure, it's like uh, three hundred and fifty euros on the like, Amazon France, like you said, and and like yeah, you're definitely not getting Snapdragon eight Gen one. You're, I guess, not even getting a seven sixty five ish tier of things. But, um, you know, maybe the six ninety five will be good enough for that one hundred eight megapixel camera. Pro, like yeah, it's not gonna be slow whatsoever. Um, so that was that was another phone. That came out of this show. I mean, Poco also sent, like, I think had another phone call, an Ace Star, Ace phone, but it wasn't, like, as interesting, I believe, as the, as the Poco X4 Pro 5G. Um, one more, really quickly, one more company that did show off phones is TCL. Uh, we remember <laughs> TCL as being... Former owners of the BlackBerry brand for a bit, and NWC used to be where we would see new BlackBerry phones, BlackBerry Android is, phones. Wait,
1: is that is that TCL's claim to fame? I don't know. They I, they are they one, one of the biggest TV companies TVs. in the world right yeah. now. Like,
3: not they make a lot yeah. of TVs. They are super popular. Yeah. They are. Unfortunately, <laughs> Devendra, we're
1: talking about phones. <laughs> <Yeah>. yes, <exactly. laughs>
2: this is not the TVWC This <laughs> is not the exciting
1: show where we can talk about <laughs> things. Uh, the TVWC, love wow. it. What a great joke wow.
2: show i know i didn't just steal your joke um no i look the tcl yes tcl is better known for its tvs but it also i mean at mwc was more interesting because it did you know own the blackberry brand for a while and the blackberry key one and key two all came out and and that was one of the phones everybody was dying to see and i know people who still stubbornly hold on to their blackberry key twos because they love it Um, Anyhow, TCL did have new phones to show off at MWC this year. Um, It already unveiled the TCL 30 series at CES with two phones back then. And at MWC, it added five new phones to the lineup. I'm not going to get into all of them because... (laughs) You know, just, save us what? save us shirlin whatever no <laughs> why do i need it? seven phones in one family of phone. i don't yeah. what are you trying to be Sam- they are trying to be they're samsung. trying to be
3: samsung i mean yeah
2: um but more interestingly t-cell is one of those companies that tends to like roll up with they know they know they need to get your attention somehow so they come up with these really interesting concept devices um and mwc 2022 was no different for, for them they had a uh, new concept called Ultra Flex. And this is, I know, this is a product that uh, will fold both inwards and outwards. This is a, it's got a 360 degree hinge and the screen is supposed to withstand being folded inwards on itself and outwards to face the world.
3: Ah, This is an awful idea. And also we're looking at photos of the, of the hinge. Disgusting. Like what, you, you just have like, it, it does not look good. It does not look seamless. Like, if you want to break a device, like, yeah, flipping it both ways, twisting in and twisting out is a perfect way to break that's, anything. Yeah, that's how you break, that's things. How you break that's things. That's how yes. you snap credit cards. So
1: or
2: paper.
3: Yeah.
1: That's,
2: like, any, most things. But, but I mean, look, th- we know how, like, difficult it's going to be, right? But TCL was like, no, 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 we got a working prototype. Yeah, sure, it didn't sure. work at our hands-on. <laughs> like... No, <laughs> on at our hands-on our, our uh-huh. the hands-on event, um, TCL showed us the like, prototype, and they were like, I promise you the screen was on earlier today. I was like, yeah. "Well, it's not on yeah. now." <laughs>
3: uh,
2: and they're it fully folds. aware of this. They, they, love it. they, it, they it know but,
3: they sure folded it. Yeah,
2: <sighs> I, I will tell you that, like I, I did, you know, pick this up, fold it in and out, and was like, "The I was so scared for this thing. I honestly." <laughs> At some yeah, point, yep, 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 when yep, yep. The, the hinge makes that noise, that like it, you know things that are about to break make like you know my bones. Sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: why would why would you want? So what was TCL's yes. like perspective on why you'd want a phone to fold outwards and inwards? I know like, you I read my it. article yes. about yes. this because
2: you're asking this question. Like, what's the whole point of <laughs> <laughs> uh, having a device that folds both in and out? And <laughs> TCL's answer was that this combines the benefits of. You know both the foldables like the Z fold style as well as those that fold outwards like the mate. So, the benefit of having the Z fold style foldable is that what you can like open it up like a book and then get a bigger screen immediately, and you can have like a seamless experience. But the benefit of the fold out method, and I guess the fold in method, is also that like mm-hmm. you get a more protective, um, you, you at least state. hide like the can,
3: screens in that right, way, right? Yeah.
2: You can protect it, yeah. Whereas the fold out version uh the the bonus of that is that you can do things like show your outside half screen to someone while you're doing a presentation from the other side i guess you can get a
1: full you can get a full-sized screen on the solo profile i guess you can get at least right
2: exactly like a a more standard flagship
1: full-size screen
2: exactly a full screen experience when you have it folded as well my favorite Um, my
3: favorite question at product briefings is why you know just why 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 yeah, does this no, exist? no, I definitely
2: yelled that at them. I was like, "What? Why? What was the reason?" And this is this was their answer. I get it, I guess, but no, <sighs> it's almost feels like it's too tricky like, to be clear this is just like a prototype i think uh-huh. i think it's fun that tcl is challenging themselves this is a
1: prototype <laughs> of what we won't do
2: exactly
1: TCL very, stay away from th- it yeah uh-huh. very
2: few of tcl's yeah. like recent prototypes <laughs> have actually come to market just uh-huh. oh, like basically I am none
1: shocked have you guys yeah, seen
3: shocked. uh the the show i think you should leave because uh this phone oh, yeah. is the very first sketch like it is <laughs> the, the very first sketch is Tim Robinson. You, you ever have that awkward experience, guys, where you're trying to open the door and, uh, oh, no, it's not a pull door. It's a push door, right? OK, awkward. Uh, <laughs> the first sequence is, no, 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 I'm not being awkward. This door will also pull. I will tear this door off the hinges so it pulls oh God. and I will avoid this awkward experience. They basically made that as a I phone. I will will it. To I happen. will will it. Yeah. And uh, go watch that sketch right now. It sounds like TCL just made that sketch into a phone. I swear, yes. I swear it pulls out. I swear Maybe. it folds out too. Yeah, and in.
2: <laughs> we, Amazing. Well, These they swore the screen worked. We also <laughs> saw uh, the the fold and roll concept that the company announced last April. Um, this is a different different prototype. It both folds and unfurls like a scroll. So there's a motor, and at the press of a button on the phone, you can have like the thing will go. <laughs> and then like th- 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 the screen comes out okay it doesn't make those exact noises but it that's kind of how it feels to me um the idea is that you have a foldable but then when you want the extra screen space for a uh-huh. movie or i don't know books yeah it you press that button it and should uh, it
3: should have the sound effect of like one of those torture machines you know the oh, ones no. that just like pull your limbs like i want the photo <laughs> yeah oh,
2: no. Don't. Oh, like uh, a yeah. Matt startup sound when he joined this uh, <laughs> call this morning. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's uh, about it. Um I Don't not to repeat the point I've been making several times, but yeah, you know what I thought? I was like, I've seen, I swear I've seen this before. And yeah, because Oppo Oppo's X concept phone was a rollable phone that does exactly what Sherlyn just described, and that was announced last year, on um, almost two years ago. Well, a year and a half, November 2020. So.
2: About there. It's a lot of the same
1: ideas doing the rounds at the moment. Yeah,
2: Yeah, they're all playing with the idea, but I guess, you know, that's the fun thing about shows is is companies want to catch your eyes so they do these things. But, uh, you know, the rest of TCL's lineup, in addition to those five phones, includes two tablets, one of which is the next, Next Paper max 10 uh this is tcl's e paper kind of this uh, tablet and basically the max 10 is a larger version of last year's 8.8 8 inch model it's not like huawei's it's all it's like full color i don't believe it takes stylus input um but it can do like videos of up to like 30 fps so that was pretty interesting i was finally able to see this in person myself it just looks like a muted LCD. I haven't tested sure. <laughs> it like in low light yet or like in different lighting conditions to see if it looks any better than an LCD. But here we go. I mean, I mean, wouldn't I'm, it wouldn't. I'm, yeah, exactly. So uh, it's supposed to be reflective. So it's, I don't know, we'll see. I'm more intrigued by the Huawei one. Um, but there were also, like we said, this was an LWC, a laptop show. You know, you know who rolls to MWC with laptops apparently now? Samsung showed up with new Galaxy Book laptops um, at MWC this year. Uh, and again, I saw these in person at Samsung's hands-on event in New York. And I don't know about you. I think, Dev, you should give the Galaxy Book laptops like at least a look because these are gorgeous machines. They're
3: nice. They're nice. I remember... Um I think it was like 2010 like when Samsung was trying really hard to like copy the MacBook Air style and they had Aye. like they had like some of those back then I was like okay if I if I wanted like a really sleek PC that would be one of them I just kind of lost uh I lost a lot of faith in it because I'm just looking at this right now it looks really sleek but I don't I don't like the the, the bezel under the screen you know it yes, seems like there's a lot of wasted space here so I feel like Samsung is getting there but then I'm seeing stuff coming from like uh, Dell and HP and Asus and I'm like they're just playing on a whole other league when it comes to like screen yeah. bezel and sleekness you know
2: that's definitely one thing I pointed out when I was there and I pretty sh- I think I pointed out in my article too is that this is still like a 16 by 9 screen whereas yeah. and that leaves that like thumb tall you've uh, got space at the bottom.
3: they've got space right yeah. there for a 16 by it's- 10 screen I
2: swear I swear what? to you they just have 16 by 9 screen cutouts still like yeah. they still haven't just added that to their <laughs> what manufacturing are you doing? like line um, which and also these are AMOLED screens. So it's like maybe they just okay, want to wait sure. till they right. This is nice, but they want to also wait till they're like done with their stock or something. Sure. I don't really they know. make those
3: screens though. Samsung makes those yeah, screens. Exactly. So it's like it's Shouldn't it's it all up to difficult. you guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But um the the thing about this line is that like okay, they're they seem pretty incrementally upgraded from last year's Galaxy Book mm-hmm. Pro 360. This is the book two pro, pro 360, and 360, so there's three. Um the the Pro itself is a clamshell, whereas the 360 is like you know convertible. Both very very light. I thought so it they were folds
1: work. in and out.
2: <laughs> it does <laughs> actually, yeah, it does. 360 I mean, a convertible energy,
1: laptop
3: right. does fold in and out because yeah, that's exactly. that's functional on a laptop. Yes, exactly. uh, I think we
1: I think we can just call that innovation. Innovation. Wow, baby. so
2: sexy. Done. Uh, the Pro so sexy. 360 sexy innovation. also folds in and out. But you know what's sexier about it? that burgundy color. The Samsung made a burgundy version of this laptop and it's the same burgundy as you find on the S22 line of phones. So, I thought it was hot. I, I I mean, I'm a sucker for like interesting colors on laptops. So, this is nice and it supports the S Pen. The Pro 360 comes with an S Pen. Like I said, this is like a pretty straightforward generational upgrade from years past. The main thing that's improved is the cameras. <laughs> and Intel's 12th generation core processors. So there you go. I mean, there's some software uh, bonuses there too, but we know, haven't really tried those out. But that's that's one laptop we saw, one series or one family of laptops we saw at MWC. I'm gonna power through the next one, um, Lenovo. But Lenovo's whole thing is they go to a show armed with like, armed to the teeth with armed laptops. With arm? Like, and yeah. artillery. They're okay. armed, oh, with arm, armed with arm,
3: apparently. This, this
2: year. year, they were armed with arm. There yeah. you go, Devendra. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> this year, Lenovo at MWC showed off the first ThinkPad powered by a Snapdragon chip. And in fact, this is the first machine we've even seen, the first commercial device we've seen with the Snapdragon 8CX Gen 3. This is the latest of Qualcomm's made-for-PC Snapdragon processors. And yeah, it's it's nice to see a ThinkPad get a qualcomm chip i guess i mean i think it, that lends it some credibility it lends qualcomm's chips some credibility because thinkpads generally are very like serious laptops um i like this one it was very thin and light and still has that thinkpad design still has a comfy thinkpad keyboard with that little nub the red pointing stick in the middle um i still it still remains to be seen whether windows 11 on arm is any better than before but you know that's an interesting product.
1: Um, I mean, the, the pitch here is also that like, they aren't mm-hmm. they, like, pitching a crazy... 28 battery, like,
2: hours uh, of runtime whoa. on a charge. Pretty insane. Um, but, again, that's pretty in line with Snapdragon chip-powered machines uh, so far, right? We've seen them increase over the years from 20 hours in the first generation to 22, 25, and now we're hitting 28 on the ACX Gen 3. Um Something I mean, I guess, I guess I
1: got, maybe because I wasn't quite as deep into laptops as YouTube, but I just think the idea that a Snapdragon chip in and ThinkPad is kind of more notable, or at least worth paying more attention to than the Snapdragon devices we've seen in the past, uh, PC-wise.
2: No, Matt, you're right, though, like previous... Previous Snapdragon PCs have either been like HP has like made them only detachable laptop type things, right? Or or we've got Asus's NovaGo, and then they never did anything else with it. We had, uh, I don't know if we had a lot of like enterprise level machines, but but yeah, Snapdragon chips for PCs have been reserved for thin and light and very much tablet first form factors, I believe. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, totally.
2: Right, like the Surface X, the Surface. Um, right remember that thing it was That's so, the thing. so many thing.
1: of these devices but so many of these devices just like sunk without a trace like i've almost definitely written something about most of them or put them in the newsletter or had to talk about them but man they have just that short term memory in and out cuz they've never quite landed have they they've never quite stuck the landing they don't really do make you think a mark. this one offers anything different to help it i land? like
2: like you said and like i also said <laughs> i guess we're just both saying the same thing we just think pad carries a certain level degree of credibility with it and though previous thinkpads that lenovo has made have had some like we're not sure like longevity issues we're not sure if they're necessarily the best made in nowadays um but i these are machines that a lot of business people take with them on on the go right they're hardy they're very light they're comfortable to type on they just perform well uh, so we have to see. I think it, it, they it, look
1: they look businessy as well. I think a lot of the thin and the lights look a little bit too lifestyle. Let's say. Yeah. Um it <laughs> yeah. This looks like you know you 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 have a serious job and you're seriously working right now. You look have, it look like kind of projects that kind of image. Yeah, it? you
2: look like you work in like uh, finance or like old school corporate jobs. Whereas like li- nowadays, I have
1: I have a large Roth IRA. Thank right, you very much,
2: right, or yeah. Whereas like other mainstream thin and lights, they look like you're like working at a startup. <laughs> Like, my money comes yeah, from tech. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a, yeah. yeah, that sort of I'm thing. A, I'm
1: a photo editor <laughs> that works with influencers. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: yeah. Oh, I'm making a TikTok on my mainstream ultra-portable right now. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, yeah. in a, in addition to the ThinkPad uh, X13S, which is a Snapdragon-powered machine, <laughs> Lenovo had, like, 20 other devices. Man, I kid you not. And at least 18 of those were laptops. Uh, so... <laughs> This is, this is where it was LWC. So there was a ThinkPad, uh, ThinkPad Extreme Gen 5. Uh, and this is the, you know, ThinkPad has been like, ThinkPad Extreme, the series, has been like the most high-end, but also like very rugged kind of uh, ThinkPad device. And this is the fifth generation model that was unveiled at uh, MWC. Uh, we didn't take too much of an in-depth hands-on with it, but... Is definitely, like, one of the more interesting laptops at the show. Uh, in addition to the ThinkPad X1 Extreme 5th Gen, we had ThinkPad T-Series, ThinkBooks. We had IdeaPad Gaming. We had IdeaPad Flexes. IdeaPad,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, Lord, we had, we had Windows detachable tablets. We had Chromebooks. Let's not forget. And then a new, like, travel monitor. So Lenovo really just was like, okay, well, if no one's going to announce anything at MWC... Here we are.
1: we got a little bit of everything, yeah.
2: We sure do. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I mean, we, I th- I th- we, we did uh, cover... I think,
1: I feel like the... Yeah, I feel like the Snapdragon is the most notable of... The Snapdragon... Of course. Of you know, oh, their sleep. It's definitely the most intriguing.
2: And speaking... Yeah, speaking, that's
1: an awful lot of devices.
2: Speaking of Snapdragon, uh, MWC also used to be a show where companies like Qualcomm, Intel... Maybe even AMD. I'm not too sure about AMD. But they would have, like, at least big presents or booths there to show off 5G. Because why not 5G? Um, so Qualcomm did announce a new X50, uh, a new 5G modem. It's the X70, I believe. Uh, and it's supposed to have, like, an AI processor on it to help, you know, pick better signals or, or improve <laughs> signal strength. do don't sort of they thing. all?
3: I feel like everything has... Kind
2: of, right? We're, we're all like, using it's...
3: AI to be better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trust me.
2: It's sure. It's like at some point everything <laughs> is artificially intelligent. Uh-huh. Um. So there was that, and like I mentioned, um, I don't know if I mentioned this yet on this show. I mentioned somewhere else, but uh, the FCC, uh, FCC chairperson Jessica Rosenworcel was also there, and they announced that an upcoming, uh, at an upcoming auction in July, the U.S. will auction off more mid band spectrum for 5g in the 2.5 gigahertz range so you know still kind of a 5g show let's not forget uh people still want to talk about this hey also they talked about nfts and the metaverse
3: no no
2: i know fc barcelona fc barcelona was like hey nfts and metaverse Cool hey, hey. We'll,
1: we'll give you some free tickets to cool some beans. matches if you, if you write about our NFTs and <laughs> our metaverse uh, uh, for football. Uh.
2: Um, and then finally, I just want to shout out that OnePlus, while it didn't actually launch a new phone, uh, did say that the OnePlus 10 Pro is coming out to the US, India, and some other markets in March, which is this month, and also said that like the next OnePlus phone supposedly can reach a full charge in 15 minutes. that's bad you you guys
3: we're playing with uh the electricity like very high wattages at this point uh there's a reason why uh, electric car chargers require liquid cooling to get to get those things charged so it's like i i wonder what these companies are doing because i we are certainly going to be uh facing some trade-offs in terms of safety with these things. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, this
2: is like 150 watt super VOOC charging that's from Oppo. And to the little phone, to ah. the little phone. I don't really know how I feel about it. I also know the Galaxy Note 7s exploded. So,
1: yeah you know, we'll see. The most ridiculous thing I've, I've seen, especially when it comes to phones and charging, is um, wireless charging, which is still incredibly inefficient in all ways. And you're literally wasting energy to more slowly charge your phone. But a lot of the most recent docs for wireless charging, and I'm thinking of ones from OnePlus, uh, OPPO, uh, even Google's Pixel charging cradle for the Pixel 6. You know, I'm not sure if any of you have used them or seen them, but when you plug them in and put your phone to charge, a fan kicks in. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. They have to. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, so I don't but use. That is
1: so terrible.
2: <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that
1: is just. Yep.
2: I use a different it's wireless so pad.
1: Cowboy rickety huh. nonsense to stop it bursting into flames. I, I just, mean, I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be so cool. It's gonna charge my phone wirelessly, but fast." And then it just went. I'm like, oh god.
2: That's oh, why god, there's that so many weird. noises in your house, yeah. Matt. I, I, okay. <laughs> I everything's see. wireless. sadly,
3: everything <laughs> everything generates heat. So I that's
2: wireless home.
3: I'm glad they put the fans in there because it could be worse. Just, yeah. yeah. Now Makes I'm nervous inventive. about mine. I don't know, but no. that doesn't yeah.
2: have a have a fan. Just mine, plug it mine's in. A dull
1: just kid. plug it just in. Just plug it in. Just plug it in, people. It's yeah. plugged
2: in. It's plugged in the whole time, and I just drop my iPhone or whatever phones on it all the time. So we'll see. No,
1: I mean you plug, plug, your plug your phone in. in. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I do that too. Like, oh I yeah, you could do that.
1: Phones. You could do that. No, no, no.
2: I have too many yeah. phones. Is the thing like the wireless one's a standby charger? Anyway, um. So so that was. OnePlus and Oppo, but there were also some companies, really quickly we want to shout out, that we felt their absence. Sony, for example, said they weren't going to do anything for the show and actually didn't do anything for the show, which I was like, okay, you didn't surprise yeah, it us. Yeah, actually didn't in
1: the end, yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for not making my life difficult. Um, and then Google certainly was talking up MWC on social media. They were like, oh android is at mwc and then like was just crickets the whole time so i was like all right you're just well not- you
1: know they don't they don't even have to intend attend they're doing yet. it they remotely do all, you know, it's all like the, all those all phones announced at mwc are android yeah. aren't they so it's remote kudos yeah, exactly. basically MW4. yeah <laughs>
2: exactly so so just yeah plenty of other absences also for sort of lg
1: rest oh, in peace oh yeah lg rest in peace they, they never got grade. back
2: to me i kept asking them i was like are you doing anything at mwc no crickets again so yeah big big absences i don't know about the future of mwc as a show i don't know if there's you know all that interest anymore i really do hope to get back to barcelona and it used to be such a fun vibrant show and now it's just i i worry a little bit about it matt do you do you feel like they're coming back next year
1: It's contingent on the companies. It's also contingent on the companies having interesting things to show. Um, I also think that across media, like the coverage of a show that isn't attended by a lot of media is always going to be a little bit more dour and a little bit more, I don't know, stilted and kind of flat. Because I feel like a lot of the best stories I write at these shows are when I'm on the floor and I find something bizarre or I get to test out a feature on a device that, you know, I get to test because yeah. I can try it out for myself. Yeah. And, you know, if if a lot of these shows are remote streams or, you know, Zoom briefings and the rest of it, yeah, there's there's a kind of passion disconnect.
2: Yeah, the and energy is missing. It's
1: much more harder. Yeah, and it's harder to think creatively about what is, you know, what is the meaning of MWC 2022, that kind of thing. Like, what did we really get from this? And like we're saying, we've kind of touched on a lot of the trends here, but they're not exactly thrilling trends, are they? Well, there was a lot of laptops <laughs> and, you know, there's less mobile players these days and there's these chinese companies but they're really hard to tell apart and they're often a little bit underwhelming it's a i don't know isn't it a bit it's a bit mild isn't it it's
3: uh it's very much the i don't know the spanish show right like you just want to have a siesta like you hear some news i just want to take a nap (laughs) i just want (laughs) to i just want to lay down this is Jeff. i
2: mean look i do some of my best writing when i'm <laughs> jet lagged and it's 12 a.m and i still haven't gotten to sleep because De- i'm writing seven hands-on De- which,
1: which is a chilling indictment yeah. of how your standard writing is to be
2: honest. <laughs> uh, uh, anyhow we will we will uh for all of this coverage uh, for all the details of everything we've talked about you can always go to engadget.com to check out our articles um we were able to cover the show remotely i think pretty comprehensively uh yeah so hopefully we get to do it again next year
3: Let's move on to some other news, uh, because uh, I want to get away from Mobile World Congress so quickly. (laughs) Apple announced that they're hosting their next hardware event on March 8th, which is very soon. I'm sure you're very excited about that, Sherlyn, right?
2: I guess. Uh, I this my favorite thing about this was that we all kind of the the rumor industry wide was that March eighth was the date, right? And so, yeah. as a yeah. typical Apple fashion, everyone was expecting invites to come out on March first, a full week before, at about twelve p.m. or one p.m. Eastern. And uh, March first came at twelve p.m. A bunch of invites started popping up on Twitter. And they were fake as shit. They were like, oh. it was like, at yeah. first when it was dropped in our Slack, because I, I'm like at the ready. I'm like mm-hmm. ready to go the second the real invite drops in my inbox. But then like we started seeing these on Twitter and people were pinging me going, like, hey, hey, you know, this is up. I was like, okay, sure. I'll look at my inbox. And like just nothing came from Apple. I was like, that's not like Apple. So finally it turns out they were faked. Um, And some people were smart enough to know. Thankfully, I don't think any legitimate organizations actually picked those up as the actual invites. The question is though, from me to you, the audience and Matt and Dev, the invites themselves had pretty much the correct info, right? Like other than the wrong catchphrase, Uh um, they had the right timing. They had the right date and the right URL, I guess, to view view the stream. So, I don't know. What's, like can, – can you call that fake news? I don't know. It's I a mean, very maybe, tricky question. Maybe but. it was an
3: early thing. Maybe it was a leaker, like, just trying to re- refashion the news. I'm more interested in the catchphrase here, which is yes, peak performance. Yes. P-E-E-K. Yes. So, I can't believe they made such a typo. I wonder what that how means. Look at this image of an Apple logo of multiple layers. Like, I do wonder, like – um if we will see something maybe something in where we're expecting new iPhone SE and maybe an iPad Air right like some maybe some that's stuff. Yeah.
2: that's definitely the those are definitely the devices that are most due for updates right like the iPhone SE Last one was like in 2020. Um, New iPad Air is sort of something that people have been on the lookout for. And then potentially some Macs maybe. I wonder what PEEK performance could could be alluding to. and It makes me think
3: of like uh, Face ID is a really powerful sensor. And one thing a lot of laptops are doing now are they're doing like security based on your looking and your gaze. So if you had an iPad next to you, right? And it was on standby or something. If you turn to it, and could see your notifications, that could be kind of cool, like, automatically. But,
1: yeah. That's not bad. My, my suspicion, which is much more boring, is the idea that we could just get a peek at the M2 <laughs> chips for Macs. Maybe. Could be. In that they revealed M1 can. without revealing hardware. when When the first kind of Apple Silicon appeared... Yeah. It was very much like, this is what we're working on, but we're not telling you. That, I mean, I, we'll probably get both, to be honest. Like, they will have to,
3: basically, because we've seen the new Intel chips, we've seen the new AMD chips, and they look killer. Like, the performance is really good. Uh, I just reviewed the Asus G14, and yeah, it's fast. So, I think Apple has to be like, hey, guys, just sit tight, sit tight. What we
1: got this year is is even better. Oh, yeah, I've got another hot take. Mm-hmm. I've got another hot take on it. Um, you have to peek at the cable that comes with your new iPhone because, plot twist, it's USB-C. <gasps> I hope so.
2: Oh, my gosh. That would be so fun. I do think, though, I, I, I was leaning towards Apple Silicon being the, the peak performance uh-huh. illusion. Yeah, I'm starting to think uh, probably also iPhone SE 5G.
3: I mean, Um, sure. It has to be. It has to be at this point. It It has to be. be, Yeah. But like, if that's
2: all it is, you know what I mean? Like, if it's not Apple Silicon and just like the five G thing, like when they did high speed one time, they're like high speed. That was all about five G, which was more more significant back then. But this time around, it's like if if that's all they do. For performance, not interesting. Yeah.
3: I want to throw in one quick thing here, which we there was a rumor going around, uh, based on a Bloomberg report that Apple's working on a 20-inch folding iPad. We didn't report that story because the date was like till 2026, but it we've talked so much about folding things. We've talked about phones that bend this way and that way. And that, so, way. <laughs> and and that, that way. way. Uh, but a 20-inch ipad that kind of folds closed or could be used like a laptop uh sounds reminiscent of the asus uh you know folding tablet we just saw the 17 inch or so hey i we're aware of that news i would not be surprised if apple's working on that because that seems like where tablets are going so i am i'm excited about that Sherlyn you also had like the a women's health study yes. you want to mention?
2: yes Apple also released this week uh, some more results from its ongoing women's health study this time around. The results focused on PCOS or polycystic ovarian or ovary syndrome. Um, And I mean, not typically the sort of news that Engadget covers like directly like this because it's you know, health study results aren't really in our wheelhouse. But the thing is that, like, this is an Apple health study team up with they teamed up with Harvard and participants had opted in through the Apple Research app on the phones on their iPhones. And, you know, the data is gleaned through women, like filling out questionnaires and surveys on their uh, cycles or, or their medical histories. And so some of the findings, you know, are about the regularity of your cycles and how that relates to, you know. PCOS diagnoses they found that like people who were diagnosed with PCOS tended to have more irregular periods um, and then some of the other associated health conditions with PCOS so if you want to you know if I I think it can be helpful aids for people who who don't know that they might have PCOS to see something like this um, and to realize that what they might be experiencing could be symptoms of PCOS and therefore have a conversation with their doctors I think that's like important for people to know, but B, it's another thing is that like, there's not a lot of studies in the world that just focus on this topic. There's not a lot of studies looking at menstrual health or women's health, um, reproductive health. So this is, this is nice to see. And if you want more details, you can a check out our article in gadget or go to Apple's, um, website on this.
3: Very cool. So to wrap the, uh, the Apple event is March 8th, uh, 1 PM Eastern as usual for them. Uh, what can people look forward to? For a post show, we will what do you do? It a
2: post show, indeed. Uh, we uh, we don't know. We will be on the Engadget YouTube channel as soon as Apple is over. So just come right over here <laughs> once come you're done watching the Apple one. Just just have it open in a <laughs> tab. It sound like a
1: circus. Yeah, come, come one, on come We have
2: popcorn. We have delicious treats. You know, for ourselves. You can watch us eat. Um, so there you go. Come March eighth at about. I want to say 2 p.m. Eastern, but not cannot be really sure. Don't know when Apple's going to end yet. Um. So, so there we go. That'll gotcha. be fun.
3: That'd be fun. And you also you want to call out because I know you're doing a lot of accessibility reporting, Shirlin. Like you want to call out a new yes uh a new announcement around that.
2: Yes. So, uh, really quickly too, the I received a heads up from the American Council of the Blind this week before they published this letter that. Altogether, about 181 disability organizations got together and signed a letter calling on the Department of Justice to finalize rulemaking for online accessibility. And it's a little confusing because it's like, why do you want people to finalize rulemaking in quotes, right? But but actually what is going on is that since prior to the pandemic, since almost as early as 20, 2010 or so... Um, legislators have been just back and forth trying to make sure that websites on the internet are compliant with ADA guidelines. And this is under, I believe, um, the, the, there's an act, the Online Accessibility Act. Um, Let me just double check the name. It's been like days since I wrote this. But anyway, um, the Online Accessibility Act was introduced initially in October 2020, uh, led by U.S. Representative Ted Budd. And then it just didn't get anywhere. And it was reintroduced again last year. But again, there's just like no movement, no traction. Nothing's been done just to like move forward and pass this as law. And so the DOJ, uh, the letter urges the DOJ to be like, hey, can you just... (laughs) Just make it a rule already because right now only about 3% of the internet is mostly compliant with ADA guidelines. Um, About 97% of websites that uh, web aim, um, web accessibility in mind, they they surveyed uh, about a million pages and about about 97% of them had issues. They had failures um, against a checklist of uh, accessibility guidelines. These issues are things like using low contrast text, missing form input labels missing alt text empty buttons so basically if you're a person with a disability using the web can be a frustratingly inconsistent experience for you and without these rules in place it's very hard for people to to like enforce a lot of these things so I think it's important that we pay attention to this um another It'd thing be nice is that, to see, uh, yeah yeah exactly. Um, another thing that really quickly just happened was Forza so Horizon 5 also announced they're getting ASL and BSL built-in, interpreters built-in for in-game content. Woo-hoo! That's pretty
3: great. That's pretty great. And I do have to say, like, I think making these things into law is could shift a lot of companies. Like, hey, even right now, um, I know we want to add more alt text to our images, like, as a standard yes. thing. I didn't catch it. But, Our gallery tool, for some reason, this is going like deep. Our gallery tool for doing that has has this weird bug where it's like it takes... 30 seconds to, like, yes. type in a sentence because there's a huge yes. delay. So it's like, if these things were law, if we, like, paid more attention to it, like, maybe then uh, companies would have to invest in tools that would also make it easier to make things accessible. So that is kind of the trick at least there. prioritize
2: them yeah. because the threat of being, you know, of the legal consequences would be exactly. big enough to make them prioritize it. Yes. Exactly. Sorry, this is just about the U.S. mostly, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, but uh, <laughs> I know based in the U.K. I mean, it's,
1: it, hey, it trickles out. Forza's getting British Sign Language. Don't worry. Yeah. It's all good. And uh, every
3: like everybody will benefit if U.S. websites were forced to be better, too. So there is
1: that. Uh, I, mean, we, we, I mean, we went through a similar thing, like, exactly the same argument when it came to GDPR yep, stuff. Exactly. Like just the fact of it existing as a law. Yes. Which makes everything kind of shuffle in place because no one wants to be on the wrong side of Exactly. It. And then people in the Perfect. US
3: started they had to act to react to it, but also prepared for the US doing something similar. So, you know, that stuff is happening. Uh real quick, Trillian, you want to mention a new interaction language that like Google's working on, which I think is cool. Just, Just like really cool casually cool things. Chill, like you glance at your yeah. screen. What's up?
2: Google wants to um help or, or define a nonverbal interaction language for its devices, and it's more or less codified. Uh, this uh, it's still calling it the quote new interaction language unquote. Uh, this is coming out of the Google ATAP or Advanced Technology and Projects division, where they're experimenting with things. One of the I things love they, that group. They were,
3: Everything they work on they tends are so to fun, be really cool. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, they—they they, one of the things they're responsible for is the Soli radar sensor. And so this language is actually based on like radar signals. It's using Soli to detect when a person is turning towards a device, glancing at a device, approaching a device or just passing by it and then uses those cues to like, you know provide new ways to interact with the device so if you're just passing by mm-hmm. something it will stay out of your way if you glance at something it will show a little like notification card if you want and then if you're approaching it can actually make content get bigger and bigger as you get closer or actually bigger as you get further away my bad mm-hmm. um so
3: that that kind of relates to the peak performance thing we were talking about with apple too like pc makers right now are doing a lot of cool things when it comes to like security and are you looking at your camera or are you turned away like what content will appear on your screen so we're going to see a lot more of that now because we have this tech and, like, security is a bigger deal and also it's helpful for accessibility too, right? So... I'm glad Google's working on this. Yeah. Just moving on to some other news happening. Uh, you've probably heard everything happening around uh, the tech industry and how they're responding to Russia, too. Um, this all really started off like we talked last last week uh, as we were recording, um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine began. And since then, uh, the U.S. has announced sanctions against uh, against Russia that'll limit the access to technology companies. So a lot of things you're seeing from Facebook and other people aren't. Just Facebook being uh, being very proactive here, they're responding to limitations uh, set in place by the U.S. government. So, you know, the uh, Facebook said that they're going to be demoting Russian state media, um, and also blocking Russian state media from running ads, and we're seeing a lot of that happening throughout um you know uh companies are saying they're going to not sell products i believe apple has said that too uh in russia anymore um so we're really waiting to see like what all of this will lead to um because it is it, it is one of those things right so my my one question is like how will this affect russian consumers who are you know not not part of the whole they're they're not the ones making war i hope it's not going to be too harsh for them but we're also seeing like what's happening here is economic sanctions are also tanking the russian economy so this stuff is going to have like far reaching implications more than we can discuss here but i'd love to devote a future episode to like to diving into that and the the idea of justice and everything around it um but yeah that is happening and also uh president biden's state of the union also happened and happened this one, week, yeah. yeah happened this week and one thing he mentioned is um a move towards uh, pushing against ad targeting towards kids, which uh, I did not expect to see. But yeah, good thing because it's uh, the ad industry has been disgusting for a while. That is why, like that is that is the thing that has powered Google and certainly Facebook and Instagram and basically the entire modern web. Um, ad targeting is kind of the name of the game. Uh, we are seeing more and more companies push back from it, um, like Apple's options to, you know tell tell apps and things not to track you and not to data collect on you um it is nice to see the president at least like highlighting these types of things and another thing uh i think (laughs) bit of fun news um smart mosquito repellent system oh my goodness from thermocell
2: oh my okay i i was so intrigued by this because yeah yeah i so a i hate bugs B, I've seen so many types of devices that purport to do this that are like, oh, plug me into a wall and I'll scare away mice or I'll scare away bugs. And few of them actually ever work. So I was very intrigued by whether this would. I mean, you seemed interested uh, oh, yeah. in, in it too, right? As Jeff?
3: somebody who lives in goddamn in Georgia, have you, I don't know if you've been down here during the summer, <laughs> yes. Sherlin, yeah. But uh, all we have the are air bugs.
1: Is ninety percent? It's all humidity. <laughs>
3: it's all bugs. It's all mosquitoes. Um, honestly, it's not mosquitoes that really get me. It is uh, chiggers. I don't know if you guys have heard of these. They're like little little red like mite things, but you don't see them. But you walk oh, through I think we call them blood suckers. Yeah, they're probably like blood suckers, but you walk through like grass and you come out with like red welts all over your legs. It is not fun. And you oh, don't they
1: I'm Googling them now. They're not and great. I am not
3: coming to they're visit not you. great.
1: They're right. so you <laughs> have to like basically to
3: it's a requirement down here for everybody to like spread insecticide. Uh, for you to like enjoy your yard during the summer, we haven't really done as much of that. I've done like light insecticide to avoid mosquitoes. Um, Thermacell is a company that has been producing uh smart mosquito repellent devices for a while. And it's not using like freaking magic uh right, radio, radio waves user. or something, yeah. right? They
1: AI targeting. It's not, it's yeah.
3: not, I have a little thing. I charge it over USB C. It has a little cartridge which slow burns this like uh, it, it's, it's like a slight mist. Um, so like a guess okay almost but similar to like what people use citronella for and citronella by the way doesn't actually work i think there have been a lot of studies around that stuff so it doesn't help Uh, but the uh the thermos stuff does this looks like a large system to spread out bigger cartridges basically throughout your yard uh you have to get installed it has to be wired so you can't just like stick them down there but it looks like they're yeah they look pretty substantial they look yeah. they're like no. it's serious and they, they have to get, like get power something
1: a utility would install yeah. exactly yeah. so
3: they have to get power and that's the hard thing but it looks like they can you don't have to pick them up at the end of the year it looks like uh they say the cartridges like um they all the devices need cartridges and they can like keep your entire yard free of mosquitoes for like a year before you need to you know replace them so if i had um you know and you can also say it's a smart device, so you can set it up. So y- if you had $800 yeah. for a four-pack. <laughs> for a four-pack or uh, plus extra because I've learned everything costs extra to install. Uh, you need more money to like pay the people to install it. Um if I had that money and I was like, okay, I just don't want to deal with mosquitoes. So yeah. you, if you have a thermos
1: already, Davindra, just double check. Yeah. Does the, the repellent just repels, right? It, it just kill. repels.
3: It doesn't kill. So that's also
1: nice. Yeah. Um, that, Cause I thought it'd be ironic if the name was live and it's, literally no. just, <laughs> it, just all it pushes
3: insects. them to your neighbor's yards, which <laughs> is great. It's great oh, if you no. don't like your neighbors. So all the bugs oh, go there. No. Um, oh yeah, of course they've got to go somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So, Hey, I think this thing's really useful. It's very expensive, but I think for certain people, and honestly, as things heat up across the world and across America too, uh, we're, you're going to be seeing bugs everywhere. More bugs. So things like this will be really useful. Mosquitoes is,
2: carry disease too. They do. In Singapore it's really bad. Got dengue fever.
3: But uh, oh, I will tough. link you to this Sherlin um, and Thermocells devices if you search like wire cutting and everything. Like they're, It's a little like pocket thing, take it with you, hit a button, and it like gives you a bubble zone of mosquito freeness. So you could bring it to the park and like have a decent day in the park. And that sort of thing I really like. I'm intrigued by this. Uh, I believe Billy Steele has already gotten a review unit over in Gadget. So we'll be looking out for his coverage soon.
2: So while Billy is reviewing that, what are you doing, Devendra? Uh,
3: I am currently tearing hey, what apart. What do I do? I don't know. I'm currently tearing apart Intel's Nook 12 Extreme Kit. Um, I was actually trying to review it earlier this year or earlier this week. And then I opened it up and it turns out uh, they just sent me a kit. Like they just sent me the bare bones kit. And what that means is there's no no RAM, no SSD no video card or anything, <laughs> oh, wow. which is that's how you buy it. So I'm getting like the actual experience. But typically yeah. when we review these things, Intel's just like, hey, hey, guy, we're do- just going to put it all in there. Just a full spec. Yeah, just benchmark yeah, full it. full spec's not uh, So I did doorstep. not get the full yeah. spec NUC. So it's just taking me a little longer and like bloody thumbs to like get into it. Um, But I think I have it up and running now. So looking forward to like writing that up for probably Monday. Uh The Asus Zephyrus G14 review went up. I'll be, you know. Working on a bunch of stuff basically, and uh, yeah, I'm planning to take paternity leave in April,
1: so trying to get everything done before all that, yeah,
2: all the things. Matt, the what things. are you go, go, go. working on? Do all
1: on. the PCs, uh, what am I working on? So, uh, not to be too disgusting, but I'm working on a guide on how to clean your wireless earbuds, which is you know, obviously the sexiest story, <laughs> so and so I know you all though. want yeah. to write so it. Yeah, so important. So important in this day and age. So that's just wrapped up. Um, That's in edits and that'll be running a little bit later this year. Um, I literally have no idea when, so that's why I can't really say. Um, Apart from that, I've got um, a bunch of things in the hopper, actually. I've I've been recently inundated with, well, I've requested them, a bunch of uh, fitness tech gadgets, both Things for fitness and working out, and things for fitness recovery. Me and Sherlyn have a lot of chats actually about uh, the massage therapy guns mm-hmm. and the kind of things you can get love from them. them, the different yeah. kind of percussive. I've got a percussive therapy ball, which is.
2: Oh, I need amazing. one of those. So, uh, My chiropractor. Anyway. Yeah,
1: it's really good. Um, but I've also got um, Therabody, which is a company that owns Theragun. They also do these kind of
2: pneumatic, um,
1: inflatable uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. pressure pants. That you like 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 I don't know, blow up trousers that you can hammer and then pants? They kind what? of compress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. And they like, you know, like the blood pressure monitor thing that Cuff, inflates yeah. around. Yeah. You. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. So it helps your like circulation Ooh, when you're you nice. know, when you're running marathons like I'm doing regularly. Yeah, So I've got a lot of other things that I don't want to reveal you know, or everything. I feel like uh, we're working you know, on the same pocket, things. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Typically.
2: Well, we need to talk about this because. How about you, Cher? We have the same ideas. No, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have the time in the immediate future to do that sort of <laughs> coverage because uh, after all the MWC stuff has died down, I'm diving right into Apple preparation. I mean, whatever Apple announces next week, I will have to probably test at some point. Um, and. I have something in the works that, again, is also a secret, but it's so intriguing. I can't wait to tell you all about it. It will be You'll see it next week for sure. So secrets, but, but fun secrets uh, in addition to Apple. Elsewhere on Engadget, our team is also hard at work. We've got Sam Rutherford's review of the Galaxy Tab S8 Plus that went live this week. I think a lot of people were very hyped for this. Uh, the only, this only Android
3: the tablet worth buying, apparently, like the only I premium know. one
2: i know unfortunately we don't have the tab s8 ultra which is the new 14 inch android tablet uh model but this one is the it's it's still nice it's the big boy and um it's it's a premium android tablet go read it if you're interested in it yeah um also andrew tarantola on our team has an article about what economic sanctions mean for russia's space program um which I think is a timely piece and and a closer look at all of these sanctions that are happening and how it affects a specific part of the tech space I guess
3: Gotcha cool. Well, let's move on to our pop culture picks which is the thing I most enjoy. I'm going to I'm going to put it to you first, Matt, actually, cuz you're the guest yes. this week. So, what do you, what are your pop culture picks for the week?
1: Uh, so I've just already read what you guys are about to do, so I'm very excited for you to reveal more on those. But uh, at the moment, I've been, uh, I've just kind of wrapped up half of the series of uh, Laugh Out Loud Canada. Now, I know there's a US spin-off of Laugh Out Loud, and it's all based on Documental, which is a Japanese show. The, the notion is a bunch of comedians and funny people are trapped in a room, and they have to make each other laugh. That is the crux of the matter. If you laugh, you get a yellow card. If you laugh again, you Isn't that just out. called a podcast? And, um, that is every
3: podcast right now, apparently. Not this podcast. Not this We're humor. not comedians. Yeah. But every <laughs> comedian podcast is like people just trying to one-up each other on their shows, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But there's something, because it's Canada and it's Canadian comedians, they're all very sweet and kind of fuzzy. Um, there's some like proper, you know, big Canadian hitters. There's... Um, uh, Tom Green, uh, there's uh, Mae Martin, who's kind of a very popular Canadian comic who, who's based in London, and a bunch of others, like half of them I haven't heard of, I'll be honest, but it's a very cool show that I'm enjoying at the Tom moment. Green um, they're, they're Tom Green is still around? Tom Green is on a TV show? What? Yeah, and he, and I keep forgetting he's Canadian. Yeah, he's yep, Canadian. He is on this Relatively sensible as well. um it, It's doing. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and you, you guys can watch it in the US as well. Um, but Prime Video is doing this weird thing where they're still eking out an episode a week. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of over that these days. Like for that kind of fun comedy stuff, I want to watch the whole season and binge it and just kind of get the whole hit all at once. Um, along alongside uh, watching that and waiting for new episodes, I've also started uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I know. Jess and Davindra talked about this on the podcast last week, so check out that episode if you're interested. But, ah, oh, it's it's wonderful. Playing on a PlayStation 5, 60 FPS, the facial expressions and the kind of animation of these people, they feel yeah. pretty darn They're human. Like it's very... Movie-like. It's very, It's impressive. very Are you doing Elden yeah, Ring? There's, like, nuance. Are you doing Elden Ring yet, Matt? Uh I'm not it's I don't really do the dark Soulsies that much um, I think you know this could be the one to get me on board um, but it seems it seems like a win it seems like a winter game it seems like the kind of game you want when it's still really cold and you've got nowhere else, or or to be honest, a pandemic lockdown. It, it's a, it, it would probably be like a good that. winter yeah, game. It's very challenging. But I think
3: just like when Breath of the Wild came out, that was when the first Horizon came out. I'm like, don't, you're giving me two open world games and like one I think is a lot more compelling and different and interesting. And then the other is like the big budget Sony game. So I, I, I played like an hour of Horizon. I'm looking forward to getting back to it. But right now it's like Elden Ring is like yeah, I, where I want to uh, be. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's. I think the curse of these Horizon games is for the original and is true of this one. Is that it does a lot of stuff you've seen in other games, and it does it well, but you're still left waiting. You want you want the kind of uniqueness. You want some kind of like a little bit more something more something more. I think I also just something yeah something more something. I hate
3: controlling Aloy, and playing this game reminds me of like she's she's slow. She's everything takes a while to move and jump and climb but uh, i'm looking forward to getting back into it uh let's move on to What what is what are your secret pop culture picks this week
2: <laughs> I'll start with the not secret one. Um, when when Matt said that, you you know, you were tired of waiting every week for a new episode, something that I've been tired of waiting every week for a new episode, but I'm dying to watch every week uh-huh. is severance. I know that I think I don't know if Dev you've mentioned it on the show specifically I feel like before. We, but... We've
3: talked about that it was coming and I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, I'm working on like getting some interviews around that, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, what, what yeah. do you think?
2: I, I mean, I've been intrigued by the premise since ever since I heard about it. it, and the first two episodes that I've seen so far, gosh, they're so wow! I love a show that drags me in, that like just pulls me in into the the premise, into the world. Um, Adam Scott does a great job here with like his character. The premise, I think, is no spoiler to say. The premise is um, basically people who have decided to opt for a procedure that will separate their work memory from their personal life memories. Yeah. Um, so but I didn't expect when I went into it, I didn't expect some of the consequences that would mean for for their selves at work. Yeah, um, it,
3: it's it's really like it's very meaningful, right? Like if you don't have any memory of what happens at work, you're essentially two selves. Right. And you have your out, yeah. your your outie self, as they call it, uh, who is out in the real world and your work self and the work self just never leaves. You're just yeah always there, and I'm sure like you're constantly
2: at yeah. the office.
3: Sherlyn and I are probably like uh <laughs> of a similar overworking mind. Uh, how did that hit you? Like, because if you did that right now, Sherlyn, you basically would barely have an Audi like time. I
2: would not. Yeah, I, the time. I, I would never opt for a procedure like this. I think yeah. work is a bit too significant a part of my life at the moment. <laughs> I think my Audi. But I might think might that's the point.
3: I think that's the thing. At the moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: matt stop calling me out um no i i yeah i definitely thought it was i didn't i didn't and then when i did realize i was like oh they don't get breaks like they truly the work innies they don't get breaks and, and well that's they get like 15 okay. minutes
3: they get the like the poor sad uh if you've ever worked like uh, a retail job like you get 15 minutes to sit down and like contemplate your existence basically in between your shift and then come back uh that's all they get yeah
2: it's insane um, and then the work that they do is very like uh, nebulous you don't really know what's going on here there's a bit of a mystery to it so I, I really really enjoy the premise the world building and, and it's so very far, the story metaphysical is great
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh,
2: Matt have you seen this? Sorry
1: I think you'd love it No no I haven't at all. I haven't even gotten it no. uh, it's
3: ba- ba- it's very Terry Gilliam. And it's also very, like, Spike Jones, like, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I was trying to think of Spike Jones movies in my brain. is right. Um, it's very, like, fantastical in a way, but it's also, like, the
1: Terry Gilliam world building and old looking Do you remember machines, that, you know? uh, do you remember that Jonah Hill, Emma Stone yes. psychology? Uh, yeah, it was just about to start Maniac. watching it. Yes, exactly. Maniac. It's
2: on Netflix. Which, uh,
3: yeah. I, that's, that was enjoyable. That was fun. And okay. it's like okay. that yeah. show doesn't exist. I feel like this is on another level. Uh, it's all also entirely directed by Ben Stiller, which is it's kind of I was gonna to say,
2: I was gonna say movie Doesn't, he's moving into directing.
3: That. He did a TV series like last year or two years ago called Escape from Denimora that people really like. That was like a prison escape thing. So this show's created by Dan Erickson. I'm working on getting an interview with him. I think it's really cool. Anything else you wanna add about this, Sherlyn
2: Uh no, not this show, but because this one wasn't like a surprise to you anymore, I did want to pick one more show on Netflix that I've been so, so sucked into that I just finished. I'm sure you've heard about this one, Devendra. It's called The Silent Sea. It's a Korean science fiction drama on Netflix. I think it premiered January this year. It stars Peiduna and Gong Yu and freaking hell are they both hot as shit
3: okay Goyu okay. is
2: amazing Go you is like the <laughs> main character in train to busan so i think uh many of you will find him familiar he was also in squid game he was the guy who slaps people in squid game uh the beautiful just... <laughs> the beautiful slappy man
3: who instantly became yes. a meme. yeah
2: exactly exactly and, and he is also here in uh in the silent sea along with peduna who i've loved she she was just I mean, she's, she's one of the Wachowski siblings. Yeah. She's in Sensei. Yeah. She's she's everywhere. She was in Kingdom, which I really love. So, anyway, this is really, it, at, moments of this show seem to move too slowly for my liking, but then a lot of it is just such great action. The story, uh, the premise is great. The world is amazing. It's all in Korean, but. Have you, you know, seen so uh,
3: We Are All Dead, by the way, or All of Us Are
1: Dead? Not
2: yet. Which Not yet. All of Korean us are show. dead. That's
1: been recommended to me a few Everyone's times. Everyone's been yeah, talking about that one, too. Up on my algo. Yep. I just so, feel like the hype. Yeah, the, the hype. I don't know. You
3: did Squid Game when we were all hyping it up. Did, uh but that yeah I am looking forward to seeing that other one. All of Us Are Dead. That's a zombie show. Also Korean. Uh, lots of cool stuff. Uh, I just want to quickly say I have seen The Batman. And uh, oh. I think the batman is <laughs> hey, hey are you I'm, I'm the batman i am the batman i am justice it is really good it is really really good um i'm trying to get like a special effects or something interview for it and then uh but yeah this movie um it's directed by matt reeves hey uh matt reeves who most recently did the uh the planet of the apes movies which i think are Goddamn masterpieces. Like the last two Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes. Fantastic films. Um he did let me in, Cloverfield. This guy never misses. So this is like a dark, gritty, operatic Batman. I think even more like more stylish than the Christopher Nolan movies, which I generally like. I love Batman Begins. I love The Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises not as much, but those always felt like okay. Let's do Batman in like urban, modern, urban like crime thriller. You know, let's do Batman as a Michael Mann movie. This one is doing Batman is basically like gothic. Everything's dark. Everything's wet. Uh, opera and operatic <laughs> themes kind of are a big part of it, and I think. Aesthetically, it's cool as hell. Robert Pattinson makes a better Batman than freaking Ben Affleck. We're just gonna forget about that whole thing. And Zoe Kravitz is great. So it's three hours long. I feel like it may be a bit too long for most people, but for me, who was just like, I was just vibing like this movie's entire vibe. And there's a point where you know you get a bit of a, you get a glimpse of the like Batmobile uh, chase in the trailer, but by the point that hits, like it becomes like a full on like Mad Max movie after a certain point too. So. It has so many things I love. Love everybody in it. I think it's great. Maybe it could have been tightened up a bit, but it is worth a watch for sure. And uh, Paul Dano's Riddler is uh, is absolutely like psychotic. Like he is just a scary, scary serial killer, basically, and scarier than like what the Joker was trying to be. So, it is worth a watch. See it in IMAX if you can. And I hope we can cover it somehow here at Engadget. And that's it for our show today, folks. Thank you for joining us. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own managing editor, Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find
1: Matt Smith online at... At That Matt Smith. That's Matt with one T uh, on Twitter. And on Instagram, it's too hard to think but I'm on there. He's fun.
3: there. Uh, yeah, you'll find a Matt Smith, right? It's not too hard to find Matt Smith on Instagram. Sure, um, Lynn. Yeah, it's a very exotic name. <laughs> Sherlyn, where can we find you?
2: Tell me your favorite snacks to watch Apple's event with on Twitter. I'm at Sherlyn Lowe.
3: Cool. And you can find me at at Devendra at the Filmcast Podcast at thefilmcast.com. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have a Batman review up, and uh, we just reviewed the latest Scream movie. Sherlyn, uh, I feel like that is very much your jam. I don't know if you're into the Scream movies, but, uh, yeah, you scream. It's real good. And that's it for us, folks. You can email us at podcast Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts.